0: You're listening to audio from Pearl Chapel in Shell Beach, California. To learn more about Pearl Chapel, visit us online at pearlchapel.com.
1: I don't want to assume that just because we're all together in a church building on a Sunday morning that we all have received these awesome things that we're singing about this morning. The Father's love filled with His Spirit, given life for death, salvation we don't receive salvation because we are born into the right family in the right country where the majority of people believe those things or we come to a certain building on a certain day the Bible says that we receive those things when our eyes are open to see how good God is it's the kindness of God That leads us to repentance. That's it, man. And then if you want to go to the building, fine. But it begins with that understanding of who he is. Our culture wants to tell us that he doesn't even exist. Religion wants to tell us that he might exist, but he's angry at you. Jesus says, if you've seen me, then you know exactly what he's like, because he's just like me. Jesus is exactly what God wants to say about himself. So when you see Jesus with the woman who was just caught in adultery, saying, daughter, where are your accusers? That's the heart of the father. When you see Jesus washing Judas' feet, Judas, the betrayer, that's the heart of the Father. I know what you're getting ready to do, but I love you so much. Repentance isn't feeling so guilty and so ashamed that you finally break under the weight of that religious beating. Repentance is the Holy Spirit opening your eyes to see how beautiful God is. We can't come to that realization on our own. Bible says that we're actually dead, dead in our sin. But in his mercy, he comes and He, he opens our eyes just enough to see the beautiful light that's in the face of Jesus and we say, my God, you are so different from what I've been told. So again, I don't want to just assume that just because you're here on a certain day that we're all playing on the same team. If you've never seen him as good and as kind, then don't go another second without just saying, Lord, I I may not understand what that dude's talking about, but I feel something inside of me and I just want to give myself to it. So we don't have to make a big spectacle. But if that's you, if you feel in your heart like I thought I was saved, I thought my sins were forgiven, but I just want to make absolute certain, let's just do that now. We're just gonna take a minute. I'm not even gonna tell you what to pray. It's just between you and the Lord. If nothing else, just ask Him to show you who He actually is.
0: Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
1: Amen. Well, let's take communion together. Well, how about this? I'll pray over the bread. Dave, you want to pray over the cup? Is that cool? Okay. We take communion every time we gather here. It is extremely important. We feel like it's something foundational that Jesus gave to the church. It's a weapon that he's placed in our hands. And we refuse to identify with church tradition which says, do this every so often. We identify with Jesus' words. Every time that you do this, you remember me. Paul expounds on that and says, not only do you remember, but you proclaim. You proclaim him. You proclaim his death to one another, to powers and principalities. It is a weapon that Jesus has given his family. At the very beginnings of the church, You know what was in the center of every congregation? The table, the bread and the wine. God blessed the reformers of the 1500s, but they exchanged the table for a pulpit. Jesus woke me up a couple of months ago and he said, I want my table back. I want my table back. We're not kicking the pulpit out. We're just putting the table back where it belongs. Praise God for teaching. Don't don't hear what I'm not saying, but let's establish his house according to his design and not our own. A place where he can feel comfortable in, not just us. When he walks in, he wants to see the table. So we do that every time we gather. We take the bread and we take the cup. So I'm going to pray over the bread and And David will pray over the cup. Father, thank you so much that you sent Jesus wrapped in flesh so that he could bleed for the world. Jesus, you said that your flesh is true bread indeed. That anyone who eats this flesh receives your life. So by faith, Lord, we feast on you. We don't dumb this down into symbolism. We ask that you lift us up to a higher dimension of understanding of kingdom realities. You said this is your flesh and that as we eat and we drink, we are one with you and one with one another. Jesus, you are the living bread that has come down from heaven to give life to the world. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we examine you right now as the Lamb of God and we say that you are sufficient to carry away our sin. Thank you, Lamb of God. Jesus, we receive your body this morning.
0: That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands touched, We write this to make our joy complete. Yes. This is the message we have heard from Him and declare to you. God is light. In Him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with Him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, His Son, purifies us from all sin. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you for the power of this blood. We hold by faith in our hand. And as we take this, we remember you. We also receive this as the cleansing and the purification of all of our sins. Thank you, Jesus. What once was shed in a moment of time, now every day, every time we drink it, gives life to us by faith. And we praise you for this truth. Thank you, Jesus. But Lord, your blood is sufficient mm-hmm. to take away all of our sins. Mm-hmm. We honor you, Jesus, the slain and the worthy Lamb. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of
1: the wrong. We receive this this morning in faith. Amen. Praise God. Well, I'll only preach this morning for about an hour and a half.
0: <laughs>
1: I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm actually not sharing a word this morning. This morning's special because we're going to go down to the beach and we're going to baptize. Now, if, if you weren't planning on, on that, but something happened this morning and you're like, I'm going in and I'm being baptized. Come on. The, the waters are open. The invitation is for you. It doesn't require a, a plan. It right. just requires obedience. Exactly right. But I want to just point out really quick what it is that baptism is now this is a mystery that uh, that honestly I'm just beginning to mind the depths of but I want to at least begin the conversation as a family you know the Lord's been showing us for weeks if not months that communion is not symbolism it's we don't do this and say, this represents the blood of Christ. Not when he says, this is my blood. Now, we may have inherited a church tradition that says it's symbolism, but that there's only one problem with that, the Bible. So in the same way, the other sacrament that's usually taught, that's been given to the church is baptism. Now, we've all been taught that it's, it's a symbol of the death, burial, and resurrection that happens that it represents something spiritual. And I'm not okay with that. Not anymore. I used to be. There's something that happens when we are baptized, when we are immersed. And I'm not comfortable just dumbing it down to mere symbolism. And so, uh, Sean and I, were we had the, the blessing of having a conversation with Chris the other day. That really helped open open up our understanding a little bit. Baptism is a consecration. Baptism is a consecration. What do I mean by that? In Leviticus 8, I know all of y'all just like totally you you zoned out. You heard Leviticus and you were like, nope, sleep mode. I'm out. <laughs> just bear with me. I'm gonna be quick. In Leviticus 8. Moses is consecrating Aaron and his sons into the priesthood. It goes through this long, lengthy process that Aaron and his sons needed to go through in order for them to be qualified to stand in that position of priesthood before the Lord and before man. So this process of consecration involved a lot of stuff, hacking away of bulls and goats and rams and sprinkling of blood and, and stripping off of clothes, anointing with oil, waiting in silence in front of Israel for seven days, clothing them in specific robes, and it also involved a washing There was a washing baptism part of this consecration. The Lord was showing us, I want priests to stand before me and minister to me, and they must be washed first. So then he fast forward to the days of John the Baptist, and all of a sudden, everyone's running out to the wilderness to be baptized. Why? What is going on with God's people? God, through the prophet, prophetic voice of John the Baptist, this wild man in the desert, is saying the priesthood is not just for a specific family from a specific lineage. God's heart is that all of us would be priests that stand before Him and that exercise and advance the kingdom of God on the earth. So come to the waters and be baptized. Then be anointed with the oil of the Holy Spirit. Be clothed in the robes of righteousness. Baptism is not just a symbol. It's a consecration. That's why Peter goes on in 1 Peter chapter 2. He calls us holy priests. A royal priesthood. He's not just throwing away cheap words here. These are precious words. For a Jew in those days to use the word priest is not insignificant. We don't understand the weight of the words that Peter's using here. And then to throw the word holy in front of it. Who remembers what holy means? Set apart, distinct, completely unique. It doesn't mean free from sin. It means completely distinct. Now, by way of that distinction, you will resist anything that contaminates your distinction, which is called holiness, living holy lives. But holy doesn't mean free from sin. The effect, the consequence is free from sin. But holy means completely distinct. You are priests of a kind that has never been seen before. That's what Peter's saying. It it was the desire of the father's heart that he would have a royal priesthood, a holy priesthood that didn't have to come through a specific lineage, but would be adopted into his family. And by way of that adoption, you are now qualified. So come to the waters and be consecrated into that priesthood. Come on, man. This is good stuff, right? Baptism is not mere symbolism. Man, there is a mystery here. I'm praying for the grace to understand these mysteries. So we're going to baptize some people today. And honestly, I wasn't planning on doing this. Some people might even get upset about it. I'll deal with it later. If you were baptized into something other than the priesthood, then today is a day to be consecrated into the priesthood. Some of us were baptized into a, I'll just say it this way. We were baptized into John's baptism. It was a baptism of repentance. Absolutely necessary. Praise God for that. But Jesus is extending a baptism into a priesthood where you are consecrated and completely distinct. You're not just celebrating the fact that he forgave your sins. Praise God for that. But it's so much more. He qualifies us to stand before him and minister to him as priests. And then we turn around to our culture and we minister to the world with healing and salvation and life, adoption into the family of God. That's a baptism, man, that I want to yeah. celebrate, right? Yes. That's what we're going to do today. Some of y'all are like, man, that water's cold, bro. I didn't bring a wetsuit, but I want to jump in. OK, so let's do this. Let's I want to pray into this. I want the Lord to seal this in our hearts and give us the grace to understand what he's teaching us. And then we'll talk about the details. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, we're asking for the grace to understand mysteries. Those first Corinthians two mysteries that are hidden deep in the heart of God, that are only discerned by the spirit as spiritual people. So Lord, would you give us the grace to mind the depths of the heart of God and pull out something that a generation has not seen before, a royal priesthood, a holy priesthood, a people completely set apart in every way. God, as we go down to the waters of baptism, God, I pray that we will be filled with the Holy Spirit, that we would receive the baptism of oil and fire. God, that we wouldn't just dumb down to mere symbolism what you intend to exalt in the heavens of mysterious things. Give us the grace to understand these things. And Lord, we celebrate today. We celebrate what you are unleashing across the earth. Family, community, abundant life, relationship with one another with, and with you, understanding of mysteries, revival, awakening. <laughs> a Shiloh anointing where the name and the presence of God rests on the earth among men in a beautiful and tangible way a way that you long to release. And we're asking that you do it in our day and you do it in our land. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the gift of baptism. Amen.
0: Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed today's message, you can find out more about Prayer Chapel at pearlchapel.com or better yet, Come visit and experience for yourself what church as family can look like.